0: everything it's so easy you've got these things in your hands in your pockets these phones more computing power than nasa had when we sent men to the moon and what did i do this week i had a wicked good cigar and i forgot to photograph it and send it to my buddy the baron and now i don't know what it is baron what will i do welcome boris epstein to the battle for 1600
1: you see my friend here's the deal. Okay. We, me and you, are cigar aficionados, right? We're cigar gourmands, okay? <laughs> but, we're, but, but you know, sometimes when you have as many cigars as one may have, the memory escapes after those wonderful cigars. That is why the beauty of today's there's a lot of downsides to technology, a lot of downsides. But the beauty of today's technology is that you can document everything. Just like when I sent you that gorgeous two-tone cigar from early this week, I'm going to be looking for cigar pictures from you. Going forward. See, this
0: is especially true for a man of, of the baron's caliber who often, you know, opens his closet door and collapses under an avalanche of fine cigars. And he needs to know what he's smoking. For me... That's true. I'm a creature of habit. I know what I like. Mon- Monty Number 2s. I love Gurkhas. I love the Milano. Um, what is it? It's the Reserve Oliva Milanio. But then, I now and again, I'll venture out onto new waters, and I won't remember what I smoked. And I want to know if it's a good one. You know me, I like full-bodied. This week, we had a mystery cigar, and it will be forever be lost in the midst of time. All right, let's get back to work. This is the new and improved Battle for 1600. More MAGA relevant than ever. Follow the Good Baron at Boris EP, Boris underscore Epstein on Instagram. I'm Sebastian Gorka, host of America First on the Salem Radio Network. What we're going to do every single week as we started with the last episode is give you what you need to know about the battle to not only retake the White House in 2024, but also the races across the country for the Senate, for the House, for governorships, and how we're going to create MAGA 2.0. Before we talk about specific races, uh, Baron, this week, I'm going to say something. I, I went public. I did it on my Newsmax show. I've done it on Twitter. Right now, given everything I've witnessed in the last... Three, two and a half, three months, it is my contention, and I need you as my sounding board, that our boss, you were special assistant to the president, I was strategist to the president, that I give it a 95% probability that our old boss will run in 2024.
1: Your reaction, Baron Boris? That is a hot take right there, my friend. But here's what I will tell you. I, I would struggle to disagree with you. It's how I'll put it. I would struggle to but... disagree with you. I think, no, that no buts. No ifs, ands, or buts.
0: Not think, even a small uh, cigarillo of a disagreement?
1: I think 95% is a good number. <laughs> I will tell you this. I've been consistent uh, since uh, the sad day of January 20th when, when Joe Biden moved into the Oval Office that I absolutely, fully, and determinatively hope that President Trump runs for office again. I think it's very important for him to run again. I think this country, as you've seen in just the last, just three plus months or four months, has suffered under under the yoke of Joe Biden and the left-wing Democrats, the extremist Democrats. So we need President Trump to run. And if you're seeing what I'm seeing, you're hearing what I'm hearing, it does appear that you may be right on point there with those numbers, my good friend.
0: Okay, come on. He's be, he's being a little bit what would you say, Shad? Is that like unusually cautious for the Baron? Yeah, it's, it's well, he is Baronial, so he has to be diplomatic. Right. Right. But it, Baron's it's a can office. get Marshall. There, there are times when Barons can get a little forward lead. And he he is the Baron. That's true, that's true. You know, the, the another the Baron was Baron von Bismarck. Yes. So are we gonna push him? are we gonna push the Baron? I think we're going to push the Baron. Baron, oh Baron, the Baron's you, getting pushed. They're you, barons. you are a mag. You are one of the few maga authorities. So I'm going to ask you. Cigar in my hand. I wish. What do you think is the probability of Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States, doing uh, a Grover Cleveland? A Grover Cleveland—that is
1: wonderful. I love the—I love a Grover Cleveland reference for our audience. Grover Cleveland was president, then lost to Benjamin Harrison, and then became president again. So the reason we have forty-five presidents, but only forty-four men, forty-six presidents now, sadly, but only forty-five men who have been presidents because Grover Cleveland counts twice. So President Trump—if President Trump runs and if he runs then it's a matter of when he becomes president again he would be the 47th president of the united states that his that quick history lesson aside aside if you're asking a probability that reminds me of something my mother often says if you ask a a man what are the chances of seeing a dinosaur outside a man will say you know one in a gazillion trillion billion the quadrillion the biggest number you can think of if you ask a woman She will give you a much smarter 50-50. You either will or you won't. (laughs) Mom, thanks for that. I love you very much, Mom. Right. Uh, so that, but, I, but you know what? Is he trying, want, to, is he trying
0: gonna, to avoid the question again, Shad? Is he? This is, doing nice, this is pretty
1: slippery. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'll go. I'll, if you want to stick me to a number, I'm going to put it at ninety ten. Is what my estimation is. Is ninety? Okay. Okay.
0: Good. We are in the. Bo- we are within, you know, a, a torpedo. The margin of error. The we are within a, a nice Monte Cristo with each with each other. I think. That's right. I think. That's right.
1: Good. All so. Right. Yeah, you, you want the numbers, and, and that's the numbers that I'm very proud, to. I think that's one of the best pieces of wisdom I've ever gotten from a mom about the fifty fifty. So that's I'm so that, proud to repeat it.
0: That's why we love our moms. And by the way, they're always right. I'm Sebastian yes. Gorka. This is The Battle for 1600 with the Baron with Boris Epstein. Okay, let's get to the meat. We need a MAGA update. Talk to us about the important races. Tell us what's happening in Michigan, Arizona, and Georgia. How are things looking, and what do our listeners need to know?
1: So George is very important. Remember, Warnock, the Reverend Warnock, Ralph Warnock. Hey, what, won- I,
0: stop, stop. He's about as reverend as my backside, okay? Thank you. No, you know, Al <laughs> Sharpton you. is not a reverend. These are scam artists and racists. So I'm just a little corrective from your buddy there. Thank you.
1: Well, I appreciate that. So we'll go with Ralph <laughs> Warnock. Uh, it, it only, he only won a stub of a... Uh, he only won a stub of a term. So he's only got two years in there because right. that seat was Johnny Isaacson's seat that was vacated. So he's just serving out this part of the term. So he's up again. Warnock, very troubled candidate, extremely far left. Votes as if he's the the, the member from Massachusetts or Rhode Island, member of the Senate. He's a senator from O-O, California, but he's a senator from Georgia, which... Up to you know, very recently was red. Now I guess it's, it seems like it's purple. So Warnock, very weak candidate. It was on tape, uh, allegedly, but it's on tape. Assault, assaulting a significant other. So very, very, very troubled candidate. Uh, and and he is up again in 2022. I believe that if there's a strong Republican candidate, they will defeat Raphael Warnock. And why do I believe that? Because he only beat. Uh, he only beat Kelly Loeffler, Senator Loeffler, by two points. And, and Loeffler just honestly was not that strong of a candidate. So I think a strong Republican would defeat Warnock. I'm hearing that that uh, Herschel Walker, the football star from the University of Georgia, is looking at that race. Really? If he were to look at it seriously and do it, I think he would crush Warnock.
0: OK, OK, let's stop here for a second. We we have to talk about all of these various races that, that are crucial. But but let, let's stay here for a second. Uh, that's um that's amazing news that's why he is the baron that's why he's my co-host that would be superlative however here's my question to you as a seasoned campaign you know expert what is the likelihood or what is the significant danger that we're going to see who is that crazy lawyer who was in Georgia you know the guy who said that Linwood going, Yeah Linwood what, what what is the danger that, that, that there's going to be a kind of Linwood after effect and people are going to say well uh, there's no point voting cuz this is Georgia and it's all corrupt are we going to see is that something we have to deal with or are people over that uh, election corruption uh, demobilization in Georgia baron
1: I do not think that, uh, you know, that Linwood is going to impact this race. I don't. No, no, I but, that, Linwood- but
0: that phenomenon, not him, but that kind of uh, cynical attitude to, well, they stole it before they'll steal it again. And D- don't endorse a broken system because that was his message. Don't vote in a clearly corrupt system. Are we over that for the next election in Georgia?
1: Yes, I think our people, and it's a very important question, but I believe our people in Georgia, all across South Carolina, all across the country, they are focused on winning and doing everything possible to get our elections back to being full of of legality and, and for being honest. And, and they realize, the, the Republican, the MAGA base realizes the only way to do that is to go out, vote, and defeat Democrats. So I do not think that that's going to be a big impact. And by the way, a lot of folks say, well, you know, those two Georgia seats were so heavily impacted by the post-election um, post election challenges. If, if Senator, if Leader McConnell had given the $2,000 that President Trump was pushing for instead of 600 then then I strongly believe, he'd still be the majority leader. So You, you mean, know, you mean, you mean leader, in the,
0: mean in the uh, COVID relief?
1: Correct. Right.
0: So you're feeling Correct. good. You're, you're feeling good about Georgia?
1: Yes, I'm feeling good about Georgia. Yes, okay. I am. I think, I think Warnock is very weak. I think he was weak in that race. I think if, if David Perdue had been running against Warnock, he would have won. But it, it ended up Perdue against Ossoff and, and Loeffler against Warnock. And that's why you have Ossoff and Warnock now in the Senate.
0: All right, so where do we go next, Michigan or Arizona?
1: I think let's go to Michigan. Michigan is a very, very interesting situation there for governor. Now, there's you know you obviously have Meg Whitmer who is a sitting governor, but she's getting herself in a lot of trouble with a uh, you know while she's been she's been forcing lockdowns, she's getting on planes, private planes, flying around. She's got her husband saying, "Oh, I'm a uh, I'm the governor's husband, and uh, I need to be allowed to do whatever I want." Uh, and so she's up. Somebody who is very interesting to me there as a challenger is James Craig, who was most recently the Detroit uh, police commissioner. African-American, top, tough. And I think he could give her a very, 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 very tough ride for her money.
0: So what else do we know about him?
1: Uh, what we know about him is when Rashida Tlaib came to, to, to his, um, uh, you know, his police district. Uh, to detroit and she was she was inspecting what was going on and she asked well you know aren't these cops too male or too white he and, and he pushed back very hard saying i i'm trying to get the best cops possible on the street that is my focus so it was uh you know it was a strong response he pushed back hard so i think he's somebody who will really face down meg whitmer her liberal policies her weakness on COVID, you know and 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 you know, African American police commissioner of Detroit, who's who's done a lot of work to clean up Detroit, it the anti-Chicago as much as he can in a liberal uh, in a liberal state. So, I do think he will be a very very interesting candidate.
0: So here, here's the question: We have this phenomena, Boris. You, you look at. Uh... Well, you look at Cuomo, you look at Randy Andy in New York, you look at Gruesome Newsome, Nancy Pelosi's nephew in California, and and we see these governors who just seem to be, you know, clad in cast iron with, with... you know, a layer of Teflon on top. And they seem just, it doesn't matter what sex scandal, what French laundry scandal, doesn't matter how awful the situation is in terms of COVID or crime, they just seem unstoppable. Does that not apply in the case of Whitmer? Do you think that she is really potentially vulnerable?
1: I've learned to believe after the experiences that we both had, right, in 2016, that everybody is vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. After they told us that there was no way Hillary Clinton was ever going to lose that election in 16, and Donald Trump, Donald Trump spoke to such a huge swath of people, right? He spoke to the to the traditional Republicans, to the MAGA conservative conservatives, to the to the, you know to the more you know old school you know. Uh, Blue Dog Democrats, they call him, right? So he's, uh, to to the union members. And Michigan is very much part of that. I think Michigan long-term is a state that's going to go red. And so I think that, me- that Whitmer could very much be in trouble. Again, remember, Michigan is a state president. Trump won, and they're telling us that Joe Biden won in 2020. Still, you know, still a lot of work to be done there in Antrim County to determine what truly happened. But nevertheless, uh, it's it's, it's a very, very... Possible that somebody like Meg Whitmer who's been tr- who's been in trouble with her handling of COVID, with her pushing for these lockdowns, and, and it has been not on the right side of the union members in Michigan, a heavy union state, that she could be defeated by an you know an unusual Republican candidate. There's not a lot of African American police commissioners running as Republicans across the country, and I think that uh, it, that will make it for a tough race for uh, for Meg Whitmer I really honestly do.
0: I think it's something we forget at our peril, and I I am so glad that you reminded us. It truly is encouraging. It gives us strength. It should be a stimulus to the engagement of every American in political life that 2016 did demonstrate that anything is possible. So, you know, I I think the Donald Trump phenomena, America first, MAGA, took the American political rule book, uh, tore it up, shredded it, burnt it, buried it and jumped up and down on it. So the idea that we we judge races or we judge political probabilities based upon campaigns of the past, trends in the past, I think that's that all changed 5 years ago. Is that is that hyperbole Boris?
1: No, you're right. And and again, if you look at a state like Michigan with Gretchen Whitmer where she's you yeah, assumed to be you know, somewhat tough one, but she makes mistake after mistake after mistake. You know, I think I had called her Meg there earlier because she reminds me of a Meg Whitman, you know, who's another candidate who, you know, was assumed to be somebody who would be well-liked by, the by, and she was a Republican, you know, a right Republican, assuming that she would be liked by a huge swath of, of the populace, but she just wasn't. And, and Gretchen Whitmer's problem is that no matter how much someone tries to anoint her a star, you actually have to act like a star. And what we saw five years ago in 2016 is President Trump come in and redefine politics with his authenticity, with his honest approach, with his direct connection to the voter. He was able to do that. And that changed American politics forever. So I think Gretchen Whitmer is going to be in trouble if she is not able to connect to Michigan voters. If she's not able to really pitch what it is that she's selling, who she truly, <laughs> honestly is. Well, what what do, it, what
0: what does she represent? That's easy to answer right now: entitlement and arrogance. That that's her platform. That's great. That's Whitmer's platform. Okay, Arizona. Talk to us about what uh, MAGA needs to know about Arizona.
1: A, a very similar situation in Arizona, because in Arizona, remember the seat that that was just up between Kelly and Martha McSally was, is still John McCain's seat. So Mark Kelly right now is going to be running again to keep a seat in 2022. I think Mark Kelly is a weak candidate. I think Martha McSally could have done better uh, in 2020. So Mark, Mark Kelly has to have the right person running against him. There's some interesting options, uh, but really it hasn't fully crystallized yet. You've got also Doug Ducey, who is not ready for re-election, right? The sort of at this point, let's be honest, why a Republican name only, Republican governor of Arizona, and for that, there's there's actually some some more options who are looking at it. People like uh, people like Carrie Lake, people like Karen Robson. Carrie Lake is a former TV uh, you know TV host there. I, in Arizona. I just I just
0: met her. Very very simpatico.
1: So see, just like that, you're out there, you're getting... And, and big, yet.
0: big name recognition, because she was, you know, the the TV news anchor in the biggest market in Arizona. So wherever she goes, they, I mean, they were crushed. She said, I've had enough of the lying media. She resigned, created a big name for herself when she was a journalist. So th- th- this is, you know, the, the new anti-politics politics, Boris. Uh,
1: that's exactly right. It's ex- and And again... That comes off what we started and learned from five years ago, right? That you don't have to be a lifelong politician to go and and run and win. So the governor's race will be very important there in Arizona. The Senate race, you know, again, some names have popped up, but not enough to really talk about in depth. We need a strong, defying candidate, defiant and defining candidate to run against Mark Kelly. All
0: right, let's Put a, a bow on the on the races every single week. We're going to talk about the races you need to know. Here is my, my big question in terms of impacts on all races, on the House, in the Senate, and especially for 2024. And, and I know you don't have a crystal ball, but you're a seasoned campaigner. You've worked in the White House. You're an advisor to various candidates. How... How significant will the potential results of audits, investigations in places like Antrim County, Maricopa County, be for these upcoming elections? Are these just... Uh, busy work activities that will get some lawyers some nice uh, remuneration? Or will they have a potentially significant effect on the next elections? Do do you have a sense in your bones, Boris, of what the impact of these post-election endeavors could be? Yes, I
1: do, and I'm judging it by how much the Democrats and the mainstream <laughs> media push back against it. Right? They're an absolute free fall about it. You got you know, Rachel Maddow's doing half her show just on the Arizona audit, on, the, on now the, the start of the Wisconsin, uh, you know, assessment of the election, on what's happening in Georgia and Pennsylvania. So the fact that the Democrats are pushing back so hard suggests that 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 what these audits reviews challenges are doing is sapping them getting getting any momentum away from them and it's crushing their political capital. It's crushing Joe Biden's political capital and it's crushing the political capital of of Democrats around the country. That is that is what I view as the impact. Now, you know, I was asked very directly on a radio show earlier this week, you know, what if the audit in Arizona turns out that, you know, Joe Biden really didn't win Arizona? Well, let's get there first, right? And then and then we could go and talk about What the the real impact of that, but as a political operative, as a communicator, as somebody who looks at things both from the communications and political fundraising perspective, I will tell you that the, the more these challenges go on, the more trouble we learn from Arizona, from Georgia, Pennsylvania, other states, the tougher it is for Democrats to run for a position of strength, the stronger it makes Republicans.
0: All right. That's all the concrete things we have to discuss. Now I have. Is it spiritual? Yeah, I think it's spiritual. Here's here's a story that I haven't shared on the podcast. So two weeks ago, I was in, sorry, my wife and I were invited to address a group, a superb group of, of MAGA Republicans in Loudoun County and they chose it was a beautiful weekend they chose the Trump National Golf Course in Virginia which I had never been to have you been there Boris in Virginia I have but it's gorgeous beautiful uh, I'm not a golfer but man oh man if I have my, you know my, my my 60th birthday party better be in the, in the somewhere as exotic Love is, that. oh my gosh Love and Katie addressed the the gathered um, MAGA supporters, and then I spoke. But let me share a story with our listeners that I, I think has to reflect, has to impact upon everything we do in the future. We walked into the ballroom. First person I saw came up to me. And she said, oh, I'm a big fan. Can I get a photograph? And, you know, of course. What does it cost me? We took a selfie. And like I always say, hey, and don't forget to tag me when you post it on social media. And suddenly she drops her voice, Boris. And she says, uh, I, 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 I can't do that. I, I mean, um, you know, things are really, really tough here in Virginia. And. And my husband is is self-employed. We have a business. And uh, thanks for the photograph, but I can't do that. And a little part of me died when I heard that. I I didn't say anything. But it it really impacted me for the rest of the evening. And so when I I stood up to give my little address to the assembled um, crowd, I didn't use her name. But I said, and I, I, I prefaced my comments by saying, I hope you really do take this personally. The idea that anyone would take the time to come to an event to celebrate conservatism, to support President Trump, America First, the MAGA agenda and say they are afraid to post a photograph so on, on social media. It, let me try, it's not about me, it's not about likes. It's this it, it translated for me, thus, if you are not prepared in 2021, Boris, to put your face and your name to the things you believe in, yes, you don't deserve. You're un-American, and you don't deserve to win. And this sentence came to me; it just came to. And it's not rocket surgery, as they say, and it's just very simple. If you're not prepared to fight, you don't deserve to win. How important is it that every single one of the 74 million openly avows their own values in the next three years?
1: We cannot be scared. We could not be weak. It actually reminds me of something that happened this week. Aaron Kiak, who was Joe Biden's point yes. person of Jewish outreach, tweeted out, Oh well, maybe Jew Jewish people shouldn't wear kippot and shouldn't wear their their stars of David. And I just crushed them on Twitter, being weak, bending the knee, appeasing hate is pathetic and disgusting. If we're not willing to be strong, we got to get out of the arena. And specifically as a Jew, and I and I, I don't make mean to make what you said about you know, my people, but but it did make me think of it. Specifically as a Jew, I will tell you, we've got to be tough, we've got to stand up, and that fully translates to Republicans. We as Republicans, we as MAGA conservatives cannot cow down. We cannot bend the knee. We cannot bow our heads. We've got to stand strong. If if you're not willing to do that, just get out of politics, okay? But if you want to be involved, if you want to make this country better, make this country great, If you want to fight for it, then do so with your head held high. Bingo.
0: Bingo. Perfect. That's your update for this week. Any final message from my co host, The Baron?
1: Yes. Keep keep an eye on, on the races we talk about, keep an eye on the races in your home state. Get involved, be involved. Do not do not just sit back and, and, and wait for politics to come to you. Wait for change to come to you. Be involved. That is why we're going through these races in such detail, because it is important. And it's important not just for the state or city you're living in. It's important all across the country, because we have to have conservatives get elected to beat back this yoke of negative Democrat control. Beat back this liberalism, this woke extremism. Stay strong. God bless.
0: We can win with you. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You've been listening to The Battle for 1600. Uh, Please share this content, write a review, tell your friends, and follow us on all social media platforms. Boris underscore Epstein on Instagram. Boris EP on Twitter. I'm Seb Gorka, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A on Twitter. Be safe out there.
1: God bless.